Unique Ways with Thomas Gerard emerges with people from all walks of life who through their own unique angle succeed and flourish. Enjoy the ride and welcome to Unique Ways, an audio podcast. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Unique Ways with Thomas Gerard, an audio podcast. Got an awesome guest on today. He is the Director of Design Education at Envision. His design career spans both physical and digital products, and he is a lecturer in product design at Stanford. Um, please join me in welcoming Ellie Woolery. Welcome. Hey, Thomas. Thanks for having me. Um, a quick correction there. I'm not any longer the, the Director of Design Education at Envision. I wrapped up that role a little bit ago. It might be because I didn't update on my LinkedIn yet, but uh, I'm right now mostly fully focused on the podcast and doing um, doing some consulting work right now with a company called Webflow. And um, yeah, that keeps me busy in addition to teaching. And um, no big deal, but my first name is pronounced Eli. Oh, Eli. Great. Okay. Um, so question one ties into kind of what you just said. The question is, tell me a little bit more about yourself. What do you do? For sure. So um, as I just touched on briefly, the Design Better podcast is a big part of my job right now. Uh, my co-host Aaron and I started it around seven years ago while we were both at Envision and ran it for a number of years uh, under the auspices of the company. And then this past <clears throat> January... We took it independent, and so we've been doing all the stuff that independent shows have to do that sponsors, you know, fully sponsored shows don't have to do, like like find advertisers and other ways of funding the show. Um, so we've been taking on some advertisements and other partnerships, and we also recently started a sort of uh, premium service called Design Better Plus, where you get the episodes ad free week early, but also access to AMAs, Ask Me Anythings with some of our former guests and industry experts. And yeah, so that's the podcast part of me. Um, I do some consulting work, which I don't have to go into too detail on. It's, it's, uh, it's you know, maybe not the most uh, compelling part of my story right now, but I'm happy to talk about it if you want. And then, um, and then I teach up at Stanford, a uh, class called Implementation where uh, it's a capstone class for undergraduate product design students. And I help the team there um, largely with the coaching part of the class is a big part of my role. And it's a two quarter class where students come up with a product idea and try to make it real in the world. And that takes a variety of formats. Um, but yeah, happy to talk more about any of those if helpful. Great. Yeah. Just a note for our audience, you know, um, this, particular episode kind of ties into one of our previous episodes with Debbie Millman, who hosts Design Matters, the podcast, and, um, you know, to, uh, helps build out that uh, kind of community of podcasters that we're trying to build here. Um, so question two is, what's a key piece of knowledge that makes you different? Yeah, so I, I think maybe what makes me a little different is I I have bounced around so much in my career that I've held like I don't know if you call them roles, titles, you know, interests that people pay me for, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. That I that I think that brings kind of a unique perspective to my work. So to give kind of a quick summary, I've done everything from you know I spent time as a professional photographer working on 
you know, food photography. And then also I started underwater photography magazine. So I did underwater photography, uh, did a little bit of kind of film work in the midst of that, uh, spent time doing kind of more graphic design, uh, sort of oriented work. Um, I prior, you know, prior to that, I was in grad school for a little while doing marine biology. And so I spent time out in the field working as a researcher um, and then, you know, more recently, my focus has been more on digital product design and marketing, um, uh, with a podcast. So I've, I've jumped around a lot, so I can't say it's one specific thing, but I think having had a lot of different, you know, often disparate and disconnected elements of my career gives me a different perspective on what I do. Great. Sounds good. Okay. So question three, why this of all things, why do you do what you do? I really like to make stuff. And I, I think I, you know, touched on that, you know, <laughs> different careers I've bounced around in, but pretty much all of them have revolved around making things with the exception of sort of the science part of my career. But even there, the thing that I really liked doing most was in addition to the field work was like putting together uh, a creative presentation about the data I'd collected. So I think making things um, and getting them out in the world and making things that people like or enjoy or help people, that's a big part of it, why I do what I do. Great. And some people struggle with number four, but the question is, what does your future look like? Well, um, so I would say the, the most important part of my life right now um, is my kids and my, my family and my wife. And I just hope that, you know, I can, uh, continue to, um, be a good dad essentially and be a good husband and help them start, you know, interesting careers of their own. My daughter's already 13. So it's already seems like she's way too close to leaving the nest as it were. And, um, you know, while, while I'm excited for that and for her, it's also bittersweet that this whole growing up thing happened so quickly. So yeah, just staying connected to my kids my, and my family and, and uh, hopefully everybody stays happy and healthy. That's what I hope the future holds for us. Great. And we're recording here on my side from Vancouver, Canada, but the question is, let's talk about location. How does the notion of place play into what you do? So I feel very connected to where I live. I'm um, in coastal California, near Carmel, which is a few hours south of San Francisco. And I'm a surfer and a diver and spend a ton of time in the ocean. And that definitely kind of impacts my whole worldview, sort of a tie to nature and, and, and it ties into the creative projects I do too. So yeah, I think location for me is really important. I can't imagine right now living anywhere else i've i've been i've traveled a fair bit i've been to places all around the world but this is what feels like home to me great and number six if you had to start from the beginning what advice would you give your former younger self so that's funny we just had this question i was on a panel for a different class at stanford uh class that dave kelly teaches and we were talking about our careers and the students asked us that question i think you know what one of the other panelists said, and which I think may be something of a common answer is I actually wouldn't really want to change my life in any way. I mean, maybe that's not true for everybody, but I, I do feel like I took the twists and turns that I did and I wouldn't want 
necessarily change any of those. What I would say is maybe don't stress out so much over your future or your current job that just know that, you know, you're on this path and things are going to be okay. And uh, yeah, take the, take the anxiety down a notch. Great. And you've kind of got a new direction here, I think. So what's your day in the life like now? Yeah. So I typically, um, I wake up pretty early. I, when I started to envision they're on an East coast time schedule and I'm here on the West coast. And so I would start work around seven and be done by three. And I ended up really liking that. So I usually start my working day here around six and um, get some work done in the morning, make time to exercise and, and be with the family. Um, depending on what my projects are that week, that could be anything from recording a podcast to doing some writing to probably doing other creative work. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, the big things for me are making sure I make time during the day to ideally get outside, uh, surf if the surf is good <laughs> and, um, and then make time for my family and, uh, obviously get all the work done I need to get done. Great. And eight is lifelong learning is a popular topic. How do you stay up to date? I'd say podcasts is a big part of my learning um, regimen. <laughs> so I, I listen to a lot of different podcasts. I do audiobooks too, to some degree. Um, I love books in general. So I've got you know a couple of books I'm going through at the same time. Uh, those are the main things. I did dabble with things like Masterclass, um, which I thought was interesting. And I ended up using it more as a kind of audio content versus actually watching them. I just don't have much time to watch stuff that my family's not interested in watching. So I uh, ended up consuming that as audio. Nice. And tools, what tools do you use? Are you both digital and analog? Yes. So lately I've been playing around with a lot of these, you know, AI enabled tools, everything from chat GBT to more specialized tools for making presentations or marketing materials. And um, I'm really fascinated by that realm and it's growing by leaps and bounds. And I think, you know, I think people are right to be cautious and concerned about it, but I also think it's opening up a lot of new creative areas. Um, as far as tools go that are analog or physical, I do love, um, cameras. And as I mentioned, I spent a portion of my career as a photographer. And when I was starting that, it was sort of in the transition time between when professionals were using digital and film cameras. And I have a number of film cameras I still use, like a Leica M6, which is pretty well-known sort of photojournalist's camera. Um, and uh, yeah, just having that kind of tactical, sorry, tactile um, relationship with the tools you're using, I think, you know, it's important. And I definitely miss that, you know, spending so much time in the digital world as I do working on most of my projects. Nice. And halfway number 10, how do you deal with work-life balance? I think that I, for me, the, the work and life kind of bleed into each other to a bit. I mean, I, I, I feel lucky in that I, most of what I do, I really love and enjoy doing. And so I don't feel like there's a, like there's a huge um, kind of chasm between my work life and my other life. 
but like I said, I, I'm very conscious about building a time during the day to get outside, get exercise and, and spend time with my family. So yeah, I think, uh, is it balanced or not? I'm not sure, but I, but I do, yeah, I do make time for the things that are, that are important. Great. And if you weren't doing what you do now, what would you be doing? Hmm. I mean, I, I mentioned I really like making things and I don't know, I've thought about, um, I, I do make a lot of t-shirts for years. I've sold t-shirts through a company here and I do, I love printmaking and visual, you know, kind of the visual arts. And if I were in a different maybe phase of my life, I'd focus more on kind of making things like that, shirts, prints, art, photography, um, and maybe have a little shop here in Carmel. Nice. And what would you not like to do with your career? Well, I've, you know, I, I've been in companies that are big and well, relatively big and smaller. And I think there can be a tendency in some of these tech companies to, um, to have a culture of not creating space for other things. So relating to work-life balance, you can get caught up in some of these places where, you know, you, you, you feel like you're not allowed to make time for yourself. I would not want to be back in a situation there. And I've, you know, I found myself there in the past and have been able to get out of it, but yeah, I, having the flexibility of remote work and space to create my, create my own schedule is important to me. And do you have a favorite word, quote, or sentence? Let me think about that one for a second. Well, word, I mean, curiosity. I I feel that a big part of who I am and how I got to where I am has just been curious about different topics and disciplines and ways of approaching creativity. So curiosity is one of my favorite words for sure. And how about a least favorite word or quote or sentence? And think about that one for a second. Okay, here's one that's that I've seen academia and that I think has been kind of harmful for our students. And it's this idea of a safe space. Mm. And while I, while I understand that the intent is really good, that we want to, you know, protect younger minds from ideas that might be offensive or troubling, I think it actually does the reverse. And if you aren't able to bring in topics for discussion and debate, if you aren't able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and argue the other side of something, even if it is something very controversial and challenging. I just think that that ends up harming you in the long run. And we've seen a little too much of that on campuses 
in the last decade or so. That's a good one. Um, if you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what word would you choose? Uh, I guess eclectic would be one that I might choose. And it's funny because the, the guy that was our um, kind of resident advisor in my freshman dorm, that's what he, the word he used to describe my music collection. And I think that's kind of held true even since I was in college. What keeps you up at night? Well, right now I'm kind of in a situation where my, my father's in very poor health and my mom's taking care of him. And I worry about them both a lot right now. What's the dream you're chasing? So this podcast that we're doing, um, Sign Better, is, you know, originally started out as a kind of a work thing, but it's essentially become, for me, like a, a pursuit that I really want to invest a lot of my working time into. And so I think the show has been successful, but for my myself and for my co-host to really ideally devote, you know, most of our working time to it, we need to kind of take it to the next level. So working on that, it's exciting, it's fun, it's kind of being back in an entrepreneurial space so that's my that's my entrepreneurial dream at the moment great and what inspires you so uh, those of us have kids it might be a little cliche to say our kids but it's true for me that my kids really inspire me just their own creativity and their humor and you know, I, uh, if you have more than one kid, you kind of assume that maybe because they came from the same parents, they'll be somewhat similar, but my daughter and my son are very different and they have different perspectives on life and different, you know, you know modes of creativity and humor. And I just, they, they just continue to inspire me every day. Great. And last couple here, number 19, any advice you'd like to share? Well, I think, you know, the subject I just briefly touched on safe spaces and kind of what's happening in academia is, is top of mind for me right now, especially given, you know, a lot of crazy stuff that's going on in the world. And I think if I have some advice, it's just to be, have an open mind to perspectives that are different from your own and take the time to listen and learn to people who think differently from you. I think we have become a nation. It's, you know, on its, on its face, very divided. And I think there are unfortunately people and platforms that profit from that division, mm -hmm. but fundamentally, I think most of us are actually very connected and on the same page. And we're maybe just too afraid to talk about the things that we might disagree about or come to this place where it's okay to have one opinion that's different and one opinion that's the same. And I see this kind of play out amongst my own family because my brothers and I have three younger brothers. We kind of happen to sit across a political spectrum, if you can call it that. And we definitely argue about things. And there are even topics where we have a hard time discussing them because of the, the friction there, but we still all love each other. And obviously, you know, that does, don't let that get in the way of, um, our brotherhood. So I just hope, yeah, 
piece of advice would be just take the time to learn and listen to people that are that are different from you. Awesome. And how can our listeners keep tabs on you? What's our call to action for today? Best place to go is designbetterpodcast.com. That's our Substack, and you can get the latest episodes there as well as a newsletter. And uh, yeah, stay connected to the show, see what guests we have coming up. Um, that's the best place to go. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on. Super exciting to have you here. You know, I saw your profile and thought of W. Millman and going down that track, but then taking the independent route, of course, is a super brave thing and uh, super excited to see where that goes. Um, thanks so much. Thanks, Thomas. It was nice to meet you. Nice, nice to chat with you. If you like today's podcast, I encourage you to have a listen to other episodes. You can easily find them at uniqueways.ca or wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on social media. And thank you. It's you that makes these great, and it's you who these are for. Stay tuned for more unique ways. Mm-hmm.